0: Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast. And share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dan Steep, and welcome to Spiritual Talk. This episode's being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I titled it ingredients for a miracle. We're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is a story where Jesus forgives and He heals a man who was paralyzed. So we're going to just look through this this passage passage of Scripture, these first uh, 12 verses of Mark chapter 2, and Pick out the ingredients that we find in this story for a miracle. Well, again, it's Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Ingredient number one, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is present in your midst, in the circumstance. The good news for that today is Jesus said that wherever two or three of His believers are gathered together, that He's right there in the midst of them. And when Jesus ascended to heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within every one of God's God's children, every Christian, And that means that wherever a Christian goes, you have the very presence of God actually within you. Why is that important? Because one moment in the presence of God changes everything. One moment in His presence is all it takes to alter your destiny and change your life forever so it's really important to, when we understand that all it takes is just one moment in His presence, then it's incumbent upon us to be very sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit, which the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is the presence of God in our midst. We believe in a triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three co-equal beings of the same substance. Three expressions of God. So, a uh, Holy Spirit takes no back seat to uh, the other members of the Godhead. So, we, we want to be very sensitive to the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, the first ingredient for a miracle... Jesus is in the house. The good news for everyone listening to this this teaching is that Jesus is in your house. He knows your address. He is everywhere present, and he's in the house. Number two, a crowded house. We see in verse two, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them not even near the door. Why, is it, why was the, the house crowded? Well, just in the previous verses, we read that Jesus had cleansed a leper. So he's demonstrating miracles. And it, the, the crowd is growing. The, the scripture says in John 12, 32, Jesus said, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. When Jesus is lifted up, he draws all people unto himself. Why is a crowded house an important ingredient for a miracle? Because when people are present, needs are present. Everyone has a need in one way or another. So if you've got a crowded house, that means you have a house full of needs. And when you have a need, when you have a problem, you are a candidate for a miracle. So you need Jesus in the house and you have to have needs present. And when the house is crowded, there are needs present without a doubt. And then we see continuing in verse two of Mark chapter two, he preached the word to them. Next ingredient, right? Jesus in the house, a full house, full of needs and the word being preached. It says he preached the word to them. That word preached in the Greek language is kerygma. It literally means to cry out. He preached the word to them. He cried out. We're talking about an intimate form of speech. He he appealed to the people in the most serious kind of conversational speech possible. The word was preached to them. The psalmist said in Psalm 107, verse 20, He sent out His word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. He sent out His word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. In Mark 16, 20, it says that the disciples went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So God confirmed the word that the disciples preached through signs, through miracles, through wonders. That's why it's important that the word is preached, because God will confirm His word through miraculous signs. Then we see in the story there's a problem. The problem is there's a man, a paralytic, and... So there's your need. I'm sure there were undoubtedly many more needs present in the room, whether people realized they had a need or not. But here's a man that couldn't help himself. And this is a critical part of the story. Anytime you come before God and you think you can help yourself, you're not a candidate for a miracle. But when we come before God, recognizing our need of Him, that we and, and that's really, when you think about it, that's why and how people come to God. Most people ignore God until they come up against a situation that they have no answer and no solution for. This man could not help himself, and because he couldn't help himself, he was a candidate for a miracle. Now, here's another important ingredient, right? You you, you have um, Jesus in the house. You have a crowded house. You have the word being preached. And you have the problem represented by the people in the house. But here's another important ingredient for a miracle, and that is concern. This man couldn't help himself. He was a paralytic. He could not get to Jesus. What did it take to get him to Jesus? Or another way of saying it would be to get Jesus to him. It took someone who was concerned about his condition. The scripture says, they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Now that's concern. They couldn't press through the crowd. They couldn't get him to Jesus. They were so determined. They were so concerned about his need that they... they made a hole in the roof, and they lowered him down on a mat in the presence of Jesus. What does it take to see a miracle? Somebody to care enough to take action. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So I have a question for you. What won't you do To be God's hands and feet, because that's what these people were. They were the hands and feet of God bringing him to Jesus. What won't you do to be God's hands and feet? What price are you not willing to pay? I have to ask myself the question Am I more concerned with the loveliness of the building, as in this story, or the lostness of the sinner? These men were so concerned about this paralytic. More concerned than the building itself. I know people that in churches that really don't want people who, uh, you know, have real issues and come from difficult situations to even come to church because they don't want them to mess the building up. Are you more concerned with the loveliness of the building or the lostness of the sinner? Am I more concerned with uh, my agenda? Am I more concerned with, uh, you know, what I have planned? Am I more concerned with what I'm trying to do in the moment than I am with the lostness of the sinner? Another way to ask the question is, what is the Spirit of God concerned with? And how do my concerns match up with him? Well, when you have these ingredients, Jesus in the house, a full house, the word being preached, a need, and someone concerned about that need, the result is a miracle. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, why did Jesus say that? He could have just reached his hand out and healed him. But instead, he says, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Why did he say that? Because Jesus does both an inside and an outside job. Jesus is more concerned with the lostness of your soul than he is even with the the sickness or the disease that you may be carrying within your body. For Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? What does it profit a man to have his body healed, but his spirit's not healed? So he performs an inside and an outside job. I mean, think about it this way. How many times... Have you thought that you knew what you needed, only to find out that you needed something very different? This man might have thought he needed his paralysis to be healed, but what he really needed was for his sins to be forgiven. So Jesus said it that way, son, your sins are forgiven you, because he desires, he could see the whole man. He knew not only what he needed on the outside, he knew what he needed on the inside. The other reason that he said it is he was forcing the people to decide who he is. As the story goes on, some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. No, the scribes were religious leaders. And they were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Exactly. No one can forgive sins but God alone, and Jesus was God walking on the earth. So Jesus says, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and he went out of the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The mat... That carried him to church. He now carries. Out of church. Something will carry you to Jesus. In this case. It was a a mat. Carried by four men. That opened a hole in the roof. And lowered him down to Jesus. Your prayers will carry you to Jesus. Your concern. Will carry you to Jesus. Your care. Will carry you to Jesus. Your vehicle will carry you to, G- to Jesus. Your brokenness, your sickness, someone else may carry you to Jesus. But you will carry that condition out by the power of God through Jesus Christ. The psalmist said in Psalm 1611, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. There's Jesus, the crowd, the word being preached, the problem, and the concern. All ingredients for a miracle. Which one are you in this story? Are you carrying Jesus to others? Are you just a member in the crowd representing a need? Are you the the problem? Do Do you have the problem in the story? Or are you the one who is concerned about the paralytic with the problem? Which one are you? And how will you respond in a scenario like this? Because while the story may be unique in and of itself, these ingredients for a miracle are happening in and around your life all the time. And if you have a problem, you are a candidate for a miracle. And it may be more than the miracle you're expecting. Jesus will not overlook the sinful condition of your soul in order to meet the physical need that you have in your body. He's willing, able, Capable and desiring to take care of both, to supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. One thing we know everyone has a problem with sin, and Jesus has the only remedy. Will you allow your sinful condition? one in which you cannot help yourself, will you allow that to carry you to Jesus today? I'd like to offer a very simple prayer, a salvation prayer that if you'll repeat this prayer out loud after me, Jesus will address the sinful condition in your life. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So repeat this prayer out loud after me. Make this confession with your mouth. And you will be saved. And you can pick up your sinful mat and carry it out of here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. Please forgive me. And please come into my heart and life and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, it's not a long, fancy prayer that saves. It can be a short, simple prayer prayed from a place of sincerity in your heart. And if you prayed that prayer out loud after me, let me be the first person to welcome you to the family of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I say to you that you're saved. You're born again and you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. Please take a moment and go to my website at revivalnow.com. It's revivalnow.com. And if you'll go to that website, there's a big red button on the front page that says, I just got saved. Click that button and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. Number one, you can view some video resources that I prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. The other thing you can do is fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information, I'll make a threefold promise to you. Your information will not be used for marketing, solicitation, or any other purposes. Uh, your, your information won't be shared with anyone else and you won't end up on an email list or anything like that. Number two, I'll pray for you by name because now I'm going to know who you are. And number three, I want to send you some resources that will help you get started in your Christian life. So just go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for at gmail.com. Thanks again for uh, taking this journey together with me. Until we meet again the next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.